When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Welcome to the Jolly Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa Barrett. This podcast is for those who are interested in the conversation around diversity, inclusion, and equity. Each week, I'll be interviewing a guest who has something special to share or is actively part of building solutions in this space. Let's get started. Jacob Davenport a dynamic real estate professional who prioritizes client success, five-star care, and satisfaction over agency commissions. As a dual county agent, Jacob serves the greater Sacramento area and San Joaquin County. Jacob has earned a reputation for exceeding his client needs and expectations, and he possesses the ability to translate the complex journey of real estate into a simplistic and easy-to-comprehend language. His clients walk away informed with a clear understanding of the progress of their real estate journey. These teachable experiences are empowering and allow his clients to make their decisions with confidence, having gained useful insights to the finer points of each stage of a given transaction. In tandem with helping buyers and sellers, Jacob also possesses his own small portfolio of residential real estate. Growing and managing this portfolio has given him the necessary experiences to master the remodeling and valuation umbrellas of real estate. Jacob's ability to guide you through the assessment of any needed repairs or a client's desire to understand high-level real estate math, like cash on cash return and ROI, are just a few niches that separate Jacob from other agents. Awesome. Well, this week, I'm excited to have Jacob Davenport, the realtor, uh, on the podcast. And I met Jacob at a Central Valley Realtors Board event where he was on a panel talking about flipping houses uh, and so shout out to the Central Valley Realtors Board. They are doing their work out there in Stockton, um, in the Central Valley, I should say. Um, and so I'm just excited to have you here, Jacob, and uh, talking a little bit about, I mean, literally there were three panelists up there, all African-American men, um, which you don't often see when you think about real estate and flipping houses, I mean, there's a lot of realtors, but it's another thing when you start taking on properties and flipping them. And and really what was nice is there were differences between the three of you in terms of your experience, your age, uh, and, and how you're going about the business, um, which was pretty awesome. So, but I really kind of wanted to just, just start with Maybe having you tell us a little bit about how you even got here uh, and uh, maybe talk a little bit about your journey and how you made the plunge into start, you know, kind of acquiring your own inventory. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Melissa, I want to first start by saying thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. I think it's fair to say that uh, since we met, we met uh it, it definitely has been like, okay, this, this is working out. These energies are, are working out. So I just really want to thank you for that. And again, my name is Jacob Davenport. Um, been in real estate about seven years. And my my journey in real estate began seven years ago. Um, I originally from Sacramento. 
was attending school, studying um, business. And uh, one of my, my um, student mates or one of my partners in class, she came up to me one day and said, hey, you know, um, you would really do great in real estate. In fact, I really didn't even know the young lady, but she said, you'd be great, great in real estate. You know, you should call my dad. He lives in Stockton. I'm from Sacramento. I've never even been to Stockton. <laughs> and in my head, I said, I'm not going to Stockton. I don't even know this guy. And uh, as fate shall have it, um, I ended up taking an interview with her dad and just kind of, in, uh, I didn't drag my feet, actually. Once I met met this gentleman, very much like yourself, Melissa, our energies matched. Um, he said, come on out, come study. I studied and and um, it's been on ever since. Awesome. Yes. yes. And so um, Sacramento stock and are, are very different markets in regards to the real estate space. And right. So and you I, work in dual dual counties, as I understand. I work in dual counties. I do. Okay. I work in dual counties. Sacramento, very big market. Central Valley, very big market. Um, and I will drive anywhere to help a client. Right. So it kind of works out for me. And then I still have a lot of family back in Sacramento. And I frequently, I'm probably in Sacramento four times a week. I'll be there tonight showing some property, grabbing some dinner at, at a, a local small business. So I'm, I'm a Sacramento at heart. Um, but then I do a lot of work in San Joaquin County as well in, in the Central Valley. So that kind of works. That, that definitely works out. So then how did you get to the point where, I mean, being a realtor is one thing, but when you start acquiring your own properties and flipping houses, I mean, that's almost like a different skill set. Uh, in some ways, right? I mean, you're actually managing the project of repairing, rehabilitating a home. And, mm-hmm. and you know, typically I know you have to try to do it in a reasonable time frame uh, if you're going to make any return on it. So mm-hmm. what was that like? And how did you, how did you take that extra step? Well, first you're starting to sound like a realtor. So I, I want to let you know that this, this, you would be a great real estate agent. Um, but if you decide not maybe, to, that's maybe cool. in the next, maybe in the next career, I don't know. Okay, okay, okay. I'll see you out there. All right. Um, you're you're right. You're right. Um, and, and you have multiple parts of real estate. Um, a lot of times, when people speak about real estate, most people think about residential property, right? So single family property. Um, that a, a single, you know, family purchases and lives there with their kids and kind of pretty straightforward. And then um, you get into, uh, there's a commercial side of real estate, um, but you don't hear about that conversation a, a, a ton unless that's really the space you're in. Um, but outside of your standard um, presentation of real estate that we see commonly, you get into what we call income property. And that could be a single family property right but also that could be a duplex triplex fourplex fiveplex apartment buildings condominiums right and and so on and so forth and so i think that is definitely that is the division um in which you kind of see um residential standard property right here and the income property and so very big differences when somebody's looking for a primary residential property um they're looking for something just turnkey um, that'll satisfy their family, whether it be um, they have kids and they're trying to access a certain school district, um, whether um, you see, in my experience, just culturally, people use primary homes even differently. Like some in, in different culture, what I've seen is like the house is the is the domain. It is the place that uh, we are here for peace, that we leave everything out home, uh, everything outside of our house away. We pray here, we eat here, family comes here during the holiday season, and it's a pretty serious thing. And then some people, you know, do kind of just a, a, a little less formal approach. But outside of that, that, that's what you'll see in a residential property. But when you get into income property, you're not looking for neighborhood. You're not looking for a swimming pool. You're not looking for a condition. You know, you're looking at um, things like um, return on investment, right? And you're looking for depreciation, right? You're looking for tax shelters, right? And so you're looking for how a property performs. And so um, that is the, the larger approach is when you, when you see somebody pursuing property. Like, hey, are we going to live here? Do we need a pool? Uh, do we want to build by the freeway because we commute two hours away and traffic's an issue? Or am I buying this property 
which is a property I'll probably never live in. Um, but I have these goals that will make become lucrative and increase my financial position now and in the future. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and and so that's interesting because I think there's a lot of people that would be interested in going into that field, especially those that maybe haven't been in it before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe they haven't even seen someone that looks like me go in it before. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know when I was coming up, I had a lot of folks that would tell me that they never even thought about buying a house because mm-hmm. their family always rented. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. so how do you make the, what, what's the first thing you do? I mean, like, how do you decide, okay, I have, a maybe I have a house, maybe I don't. How do I even get mm-hmm. into flipping houses and the business like good, good how, question how good you, question yeah how did you make that leap um for okay so to 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 uh you know you and I we've been communicating for some time now we're, we're working together and to explain that I would have to take a few steps back because my introduction to real estate came um moving to Stockton one of the the important things to not um, just roll over is when I was about 20, I had a, a brief run in with law, right? Mm-hmm. And coming from Sacramento, a lot of people are familiar with Sacramento. I grew up um, the midtown and southern part of Sacramento, uh, neighborhood called Oak Park to be exact. And a lot of people look like you and, you and I uh, live in this neighborhood. Um, single mom, five brothers, five sisters, so 11 of us. And I have no room for excuses in my life, but there were just challenges growing up. And some of those challenges and some of those um, things that an individual like myself was exposed to early on um, allowed the opportunity for me to make some um, poor decisions. And those poor decisions uh, had me have some encounters with the law. Mm-hmm. And so part of the reason why I was attending uh, the junior college where I was at right, that led me and dovetailed me into um, real estate is because I was on parole. And so parole gives you two options, either go to a GED program all day or a job training program, or you can go to college. And so academics has always been something that came very easy to me. And so I, of course, I chose academics. And so it was in this philosophy course, uh, this advanced philosophy course that I met this young lady. And so um, when given the opportunity um that's kind of how i was looking at it at the time even though i didn't know what, what was in store for me in stock and i consulted consulted many of my friends like should i move to stock and should i should i try this or should i stay in school uh, one of the big things you see um for those that um previously incarcerated individuals you see a society that's not very forgiving right and within this is um you get in trouble once they won't even employ you at mcdonald's so this my approach at school and i share this because I, I mentor probably seven young men right now directly and then i'm a part of a esquire program in stockton i'm a part of uh, a program called seize the moment sacramento and oak park to be exact um I, I do a lot of volunteering with the local panthers football team in sacramento as well and so this is all amongst the space of young men and guiding them so they don't um go through what i went through because sometimes you don't get as fortunate right yeah. So um, to stay on track, what, I, what I'm what I'm getting at is that part of my decision to uproot myself from Sacramento to Stockton largely wasn't even about real estate. What I know, I know statistics. Statistically speaking, 80 percent of people that are released from incarceration end up in, back incarceration for one year. Yeah. And I definitely didn't want um, to be part of that statistic or that recidivism or that prison, that school to prison pipeline anymore. So by me making a decision to move to stock and what I knew is that I minimize if the statistics are right, I minimize my exposure for repeating um, of an, uh, an offense. Right. Yeah. And right. I want a second chance. Yeah. So when I move to Stockton, I don't know anybody. I'll go to work. I go home. I go to work. I go home. I can't even accidentally get in trouble because I'm never outside. And so that was that this was never about real estate. This never was. If if real estate didn't work, that would have been fine. I just no longer would be in Sacramento. 
Right. And right. so I was all ahead and I was studying my material. Um, I, I entered real estate October of like 16. And I was taking my test by February of 17. Um, but what I what I realized is after um, getting the A on the test, it's like 150 questions. I got about 146 right. Um, passed the test, went through all the proper application processes. I met a brick wall. Um, at one point, I had to meet with the because the Department of Real Estate, a government entity that gives issues the license. I met with um, their investigators and they denied me a license. I said, hey, listen, I passed the test. I'm out of trouble. Um, and, and they said, yep, no, nope, we're not ready for you. So they, they denied me. That was a blow uh, because at the time I was ready to sell real estate. I was ready to go. I studied up. I had been in this space as an intern making almost crumbs. Right. And and that was a blow. But I really give a shout out to my broker, a guy named Randy Thomas out of San Joaquin County. And when I got out of that interview, he drove to the interview with me in Sacramento. And when I came, they didn't let him in. When I came out, I said, they said no. He said, look, I don't care. I don't care. We're coming back to him. We're, we're going to come back to him because I was at that point, swear to you. And now I'm always transparent, especially because it goes back to the youth. I was ready to move back to Sacramento. He said, nope, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. We're going to stay the course. So at that point, you know, he and I sat together one on one. He said, look, how about we do this? How about we just start investing? Right. Uh, my, my broker, he's been in real estate well over 30 years. He said, listen, me and my wife talked about your scenario and uh, what we want to do. We want to come alongside you. We have a little bit of money. You have a little bit of money. You have some experience. Let's start investing together. I was like, oh, okay. I don't, I don't know where to start. He said, well, you've been doing this this whole time. Let's go. And so that's where my, my investing came from when I got denied. So I, I bought a house in Lodi, um, improved the floors, did the kitchen. We sold it. We split the money. I was like, oh, okay. I got, I got the check. I said, okay, yeah, okay, we can work with this. Uh, I don't have to go back to Sacramento if they can keep looking like this. Right. And that was the beginning. That's why mentorship is important because yes. Thomas was my mentor. Right. So it's, it's a space that's very near and dear to me. And then um, that had to be like 17, 18. I went back to license in 19. Um, you have to study the material, apply again, take the test, be transparent, which I didn't study one time. At this time, I had been doing assistant work for Randy for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then I had probably been to my third or fourth flip at this time as well. So the exposure to real estate, and I'm a heavy scholar. I'm always reading books. I mean, I have a book, but here right now in real estate, you never stop learning. Um, I applied again. Yeah. And in that application process, took the test, went in, got 140 or one or something like that, right? Pass it again. Um, and so I was already prepared for what was to come. And um, the basis of my first denial was because um, I was still on supervision. Well, at this point, I've been off supervision. I got a letter from my parole officer. I got a letter from the Department of um, Department of Corrections. These are all people that encountered me um, while I had this commitment. Uh, my parole officer, Prudhomme, wrote a phenomenal letter to me for me on my behalf of testimonial. My broker, Randy Thomas, wrote a letter for me. And then uh, I know some professionals in the space of real estate now because I've been doing it for some time. A guy named Sherry Carley um, from a title company. She wrote a testimonial that was, I mean, these, these letters will make you cry when you read them because they made me sound like a golden child. I was like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Right. Right. Um, went back, um, presented those, they denied me again. Wow. All right. And that was another blow. I was like, man, this is freaking crazy. All right. I've done everything for you guys. You guys said, here, finish, man, you'll be fine. And, you know, if there's any term I always share with, with those I men mentor is, um, you, you know, you have to stay encouraged. Yeah. And if you don't have anybody else to encourage you, you don't you can't find any encouragement from anywhere. The best place to get it from yourself, encourage yourself. And so that's where I had to dig deep again. And so, um, you know, to kind of like because we, we my story is, is not complex, but it, there's many pieces to it. But to really round up third base and bring it home is is what I end up doing is I um, I filed a motion in court. Right that allowed me to um, apply for what's called a certificate of rehabilitation. And um, many people don't don't apply for these because recidivism is so high. Right. And you get a whole lot of no's. 
Yeah. And when you get these notes, you start to tell yourself things like, man, forget about it. It's 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 there's a there's an easier path to just not do it. And so I got their certificate rehabilitation. Uh, a good attorney here in Stockton, a guy named my Steve, a guy named Steven. He he volunteered his time for me. Goes back to mentorship. Right. right? right. Steven heard a little bit about me by way of Randy. He showed up in court. Randy showed up in court. My best friend showed up in court. And and we sat in front of the judge. And the judge told <laughs> told the DA, they said, listen, um, do you have a reason why you don't think that this guy is being worthy of certificate of rehabilitation? And when you look at my, my profile for the things I've done, which we haven't got into, I was the executive director of Habitat for Humanity, um, done large amounts of work in the city of Stock with um, really getting food into the hands of those that need it, back to mentorship with the youth, right? Um, you know, they didn't, they, they didn't have anything to challenge that. And, and I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to get that approval. So with that approval, back to my second license, I was able to present that to the Department of Real Estate. And uh, I'll call it technicality. They couldn't deny me on that. And so that's for a lot of people that don't know what certificate rehabilitations are. They specifically is it's a court procedure that acknowledges your ability to stay out of trouble during a specific window and show that you have rehabilitated yourself, you have um, improved yourself, and you've done the things that um, many will see as somebody that is prepared to be an active member of society. And once you get that document, what happens is licensing boards can't deny you solely on the time you you you've had a ran in with the law and and so that's very important because a lot of people don't know that and um, yeah all of us have had siblings that um probably had had a challenging youth i was 20 years old when this happened right yeah and so um but i'm accountable right i'm, I'm not that's I'm not, not poor me it's not i didn't do it i'm accountable yeah. But I'm also somebody that uh, believes in, in second chances and, and opportunities, which goes right back to mentorship. Wow. That is a, a phenomenal story. Let's pause for a moment. We'll be right back. Um, and I, I hope that people are inspired and encouraged by it because there was so much in that story, uh, not only about mentorship, uh, but about your own mindset and resilience. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of people, you know, would have told Randy, nope, I'm out. Thank but you. clearly yeah. you had enough respect for Randy for him to tell mm -hmm. you no. <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I like I say, I this big shout out to to Randy and his wife Kathleen. Uh, they weren't going for that. Yeah, that's they, they weren't going for it. That's they, great. They they weren't going for it. And and you know they I, I, again I just I can't stress it enough when I say the the importance of uh, mentorship. I mean, I, I, listen, I I sell real estate. Um, I, I would like to think I do well. Real estate's fun. I help a lot of people. But before real estate, it's always going to be mentorship. Yeah. It's always going to awesome. be mentorship. That's With awesome. real estate, you can acquire a house, um, make a commission, increase your reputation. But with mentorship, you can change a generation. You yeah. can change a household. Yeah. You, you can. And I don't say that lightly, but... Um, Anybody from Sacramento would agree with this or from any inner city neighborhood would agree with this. Nobody makes it out. If you don't have a jump shot, you can't yeah. throw a football. Right. Um, or in this area, if, if you can't, you know, rap or, or do something along. And those are all careers that, that are um, respectable careers. But, um, but everybody can't. Yeah, everybody can't get there. No. No, and, and so this not this not nothing to be taken lightly, and and so on our journey, and that I mean, and I, I just got to give kudos to you too, because you know some of the things you and I have discussed, and, and some of the things you share with me, um, of, we 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 never know how we touch a person, 
But when we talk about encouragement, I got that back from you um, for you to open up your platform, allow me to communicate and voice myself. That's nothing but encouragement. That's nothing but mentorship. And so that's why I know you and I were aligned in that space. And so I just want to tell you, thank you um, once again. No, it's a it's a pleasure. I am always looking to amplify people in the space. And uh, what's interesting to me is the podcast has really allowed me to meet people that I might not ever meet um, just because every time I do something for the podcast, I typically am stepping outside of my own comfort zone. <laughs> mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I may have mm -hmm. met you at a at a panel discussion and we may have exchanged cards, but for me to actually make the call, mm -hmm. that's that's like, okay, I'm stepping out of my comfort mm -hmm. zone, you know? So, but you, it's you all good. good. <laughs> no, you do a good job though. I remember when we first met, like it was yesterday, you were like, hey, what's your name? Hey, where you from? Hey, what's your number? Hey, where are you gonna be at five? I said, okay, listen, you seem very nice, but I just met you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not stalking her. I'm not a stalker. No. You said you said it in. You said, "Hey, man, I, I have this podcast." And, yes. And, and yes. You, you well, and you're doing great. And people want to hear. I, I, I honestly do believe that people are encouraged by stories like yours, where mm -hmm. you know your life could have completely made a left turn, and mm -hmm. you know, but you have you know the resilience that you had to really mm -hmm. kind of put things together team up mm -hmm. with somebody and you know again kudos to randy for saying hey let's do this mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. to really mentor you in that space and now you have your own uh your own company uh mm -hmm. flipping houses yeah. uh yeah. you know De definitely definitely no that that that's 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 definitely accurate um it's um it's it's definitely a blessing and and i and i know that and um so and i know that um uh, there's preparation and then there's fortune or luck and they they have an intersection right and i i again i'll say it until somebody tells me to stop that's why you go for me it goes back to mentorship because i can't say that people will will have a randy um or or be as prepared um um and and then have luck right you know th those three um it, it's it's not always that easy and so i think um prevention is the best cure mm -hmm. right and so by um sharing and it's important that you you know and in our audience i've never even shared this story uh, i don't I, I but you like i said you and i spoke um because some sometimes Sometimes um, scenarios like this don't resonate with everybody, right? No, and, for uh, sure. Yeah. I well, don't. and and again, I mean, shout out and gratitude to you for for sharing because yeah. I know, I know, it's a very personal thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah. I I know for a fact it will inspire somebody um, because mm -hmm. it it is you know I mean it, there are so many people that get caught up into the system for whatever reason uh mm -hmm. you know lots of reasons mm -hmm. um and they are looking for that second chance mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. so you talking about your pathway and your mm -hmm. um you know road to success um mm -hmm. now you're you're doing great things in stockton mm -hmm. um you know you learned it's it's like you learned all of that and you took the the route that allowed you to i mean being the you know working with habitat for humanity it's like you got to know all of the things you needed to know when you're talking about building houses and mm -hmm. and all mm -hmm. of those things which is well, awesome and in fairness i i i was recruited by habitat and, and a, a lot of it came because i i was already doing a lot of building and the san joaquin chapter they, they were um not gonna say they were struggling to get the houses into the hands of the homeowners. And they were struggling um, to understand how an escrow works and how impound counts work and how deed of trust work. And th these are, these are um, they can be high, considered high level if you're not in the space of real estate. And these are all things that not, while not having my real estate license, I never stopped learning. Right. I, they, they said I couldn't have it. I still was learning these things. I was still taking this material. This is my, this is my binder here. Right? 
and I have just, I mean, when I get information, I'll print it out and, and, and I read, I read, I can keep some articles on the side of my bed. So when I wake up three o'clock in the morning, go use the bathroom. If I can't go to sleep, I'll just start reading. And so um, I, I want to be very clear. This is not easy. Yeah. Right. You do have to show up. Mm-hmm. You know, you do have to show up. You do have to work. Right. Um, but many things are possible, you know, if you um, if you apply yourself. Right. And yes. so that's important. Yeah, no doubt. That's awesome. So so then when you're working with uh, your mentees, mm-hmm. Um, what are, what are some of those conversations like in terms of, I mean, as you're guiding them, I I'm mm-hmm. assuming some of them may want to go into real estate. Mm-hmm. I have four, four mentees in real estate right now. Four. Okay. I, don't, I think, I don't know if I shared it with them on Instagram, real estate, Jake. I, I always uh, share the stories of my mentees. I have two mentees that, um, I like Chick-fil-A. Okay. Yeah, those, those nuggets over there, those chicken nuggets. <laughs> I met I met a young man at Chick Fil A over a year ago, and I would always speak to him when I went went into Chick Fil A. And then um, that was organic. I just when I would go in, I would go and looking for him. Plus the chicken nuggets, right? And and we talked about a lot of things. And it was then I knew that there was there was some questions he had. He was nineteen, and he said, "Look, I have a best friend. You have to meet him." And then he, one of his friends. Um, I started mentoring uh, both of them as well. And so this is Kobe and, and Alex. And then um, I do a lot on social media and I've had some individuals from social media say, hey, listen, can you can I meet with you? So I always tell everybody, parents, friends, family, at a minimum, if you have a um, I, I typically work with young men. Um, but, you know, if you have a son at a minimum, I have an hour in coffee, an hour in job just for him, minimum. Um, because I am in the space of real estate and I and I do I have a busy schedule, so I do have to protect my time, but I always make time. And so you're never going to hear that Jay didn't meet with somebody. I drive to Sacramento. I met a guy last month at Gunther's Ice Cream. And and there's this spectrum in which um, typically the kids I'm working with, they're probably between 13 and 21 right now. They all need different things. And so it's not all real estate. Yeah. We, we, even I have three of them directly studying for the real estate license. We meet on Saturdays and we study at my office. The conversations we have have almost this much to do with real estate. Right. But we have our textbooks. Uh, we have flashcards. We have key terms. I have strategies that I uh, uh, share with them. Um, I just acquired a, a triplex. Um, I closed month, two days ago. And so when I was doing inspections on it, I had um, some of my mentees meet me over there. And we walked through inspections from roof, pest, home. Um, we talked about foundations. We talked about landlord, tenant law. These are things that um, you you're, you don't learn getting your real estate license. Um, and honestly, 60% of real estate agents don't know this stuff. And that's, that's no shade. Uh, most real estate agents like to do buy and sell transactions. Uh, at least 75% don't own more than one home. So when you get into the space of investing, it's a niche, right? right. And, and understanding how to evaluate, understanding risk, understanding um, how to be profitable, right? That that's that's a very small market in which people truly understand. If we're if we're being frank, and so um, mine was a very um, school of the hard knocks approach. When I showed up, Randy said he was going to an investment seven, eight years ago. I said, let me roll with you. I'll buy you a sandwich. True story. I had another guy that worked with us before. He was heavy to investments. Every time he would leave the office, I say, where are you going? He said, oh, man, I'm about to go to my one of my flips. I said, let's go grab some tacos. This guy loved tacos. <laughs> Gus Ben Wallace was his name. He'll validate the story. <laughs> what we would do, I said, let's go get tacos over here. I, had, I, I wasn't from Stockton. So I, he would show me where all the good taco places were, right? Indirectly, we would grab some great food, so I know where are some good places to eat. Uh, we would swing by properties we were working on, and I used to show up pretty sharp. Uh, well, I thought it was sharp, right? But once I really started to be able to stay on Gus's coattail, I, I ordered myself some boots, so I would show up to work in boots because I knew we were going underneath the crawl space. Right. And so, you know, that education cost me, I don't know, tacos between two people and a coke. That's fourteen bucks. <laughs> You know, I did that for 100 days. So you do wow. the math, right? Yeah. 
And and I think uh, uh, my philosophy course was probably 10 times that amount. Oh, for sure. Look at the return, right? Yes. So, um, you know, the, it, going back to um, working with the youth, um, they need different things, right? And one thing I, I, I add that, I mean, I just, uh, is very near and dear to me. I think that and growing up without my father in the household, you know, young men need their fathers. Young men need yeah. their fathers. And I, and I can't say, and, and I could typically, I, I can go specifically say black boys need their father, but no, they all do. They all do. And I don't just mentor African-American kids. Um, um, I, 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 I don't, I don't close the door to any of them, but they need their fathers. And then, you know, one of the things and maybe you can share on, with me on this, I would always ask myself growing up, um, I didn't have my father in my household, but I had friends and I, that shout out to all my friends that had fathers in their household. And I remember this guy named Spencer Saunders I went to school with. I remember one time his dad was jamming me up really, really hard. And I thought this guy, I thought he was bullying me. Right. He was jamming me up like, hey, man, you need to do this. You need to do that. I said, man, I said, man his dad is mean. <laughs> And then I became an, an, an adult then man. Then you realize. Right? I said, "Oh, okay, okay." I, I, and I had another friend's dad. He would he would give me ten dollars to wash his car, and his son would say, "Dad, how come you never paid me?" And his dad would never respond. He wouldn't answer. Right now, looking back, he was trying to put some change in my pocket. Right. And Absolutely. So, Takes a village. Takes a village. So I always looked at you know this dichotomy of of. Growing up without a father or growing up with an absent father in and out or, you know, or even a father that passed away when you're young, which is worse. Right. To try to compare the three, we're doing no disservice. What this is about is that young men need their fathers yeah. and they need father figures. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, even if a father is relatively present in the household, but always at work, you see young men still missing out on a lot of things. And that's a concept I understand very, very well. And so that's what goes back to the conversation about my mentees. Very little of it is about real estate. Um, I have three that are three mentees that are between 19 and 20. They're dating. They need to be work on time. Yeah. Um, they need, um, you know, uh, they, we call it gear in the urban community. They're a tire, right? They need to get their gear together. And so, you know, I'm, uh, we go shopping, you know, we go shopping you know, and, and we make sure that they, they have these essentials, you know, and, and so that's that's what's important. You yeah. Know, making sure we have, you know, two and three white shirts um, and, and making sure that, you know, the grooming and the conversation, um, those are, are key things, because if you can kind of get those, you can take Jacob out of it. They'll do well. Yes. Yes. And so yeah. to have a father inside the house doesn't mean that you're, you're, you're grooming yourself. Um, it doesn't mean that you're being punctual. It doesn't mean that you're communicating, you know, communication nowadays is, is you know, this is one-on-one -on -one verbal communication. And then you have your digital footprint, which is communication. Um, yeah. And then you have your resume, you, you have your reputation. And you know, we take 30 years to grow a reputation, 30 seconds to ruin it. And so- Absolutely. Grooming those types of concepts that cost me this how much money that cost me to do that <laughs> right and 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 but what's it's worth there's there's pricing and there's value yeah so i I think that that we're definitely just like we evaluate real estate property I'm valuating these and I think that i I think they're worth it I think they're worth my time every, every minute of it yeah that's, that's my opinion. Fantastic. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, kudos to you for for doing that, because I think I mean, in our community, there are a lot of people. That's how they came up. Like if I look at my generation, they always had, you know, somebody down the street, you know, mm -hmm. like if you were in trouble, you were in trouble several times mm -hmm. because everybody knew and you were going to be talked to. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, but now it's it's more difficult. Right. You don't you don't necessarily have kids playing outside there. You know, everybody's inside. You can't you got to figure out how to connect. Um, and so kudos to you for connecting with 
uh, these young men, and because we know we know we need it, especially those that don't have fathers in the house. Um, you know, there are there's such a gap, not only for that, but you know, the wealth gap itself. Um, you know, and a lot of a lot of us don't understand the wealth gap until you know we're much later in life and. Mm-hmm you know, trying to catch up can be challenging. Um, so it's awesome when people can take somebody under their wing. Um, Lord knows I, my mentor back when I was 19, Ida B. Jones, shout out to her. She was awesome. I, uh, cause I'll never forget. I worked at Citibank at the time and I ended up, I think managing a hundred employees. Uh, and I was 19. I had no idea what I was doing. She's going to make sure you got through it. <laughs> she mm-hmm. took me under her wing. She was like, we we got this. Um, mm-hmm. So I just, I learned so much from her. Um, but, you know, we could, when we spend, you know, we talk about mentors um, mm-hmm. and, you know, the thing that I learned having come up through the corporate side is mentors are phenomenal. Yes. Uh, sponsors. Once you get somewhere you want to be and you're maybe not in the room, those sponsors, those advocates for you when you're not there, that's what you need if depending on which route you're going. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, make sure I, I just want to make sure that everybody, you know, mentors are phenomenal, mm-hmm. but we also want to make sure we've got a sponsor. So target you know, and sometimes you have to approach the sponsor, mm-hmm. uh, make sure they know who you are and who you're, mm-hmm. who you're, you know, what you're about. So um, that's awesome. Let me, let me give, you know, I want to do, let me, since you say that there is um, at the event you and I met um, at um, it was just, just a couple of weeks ago, shortly after that event, um, I posted a picture I don't know if you recall, one of my mentees, um, um, Alex, was there. He left work at five. He was at Chick-fil-A at five or six. And he he drove straight there because he didn't want to miss the event. I mean, this guy had freaking chicken strips and uh, chipotle sauce and barbecue <laughs> sauce all over his workflow. But he showed up to the event. And that was resilience for me because it's, 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 it's not what you're wearing. It's not that's it. who you're with. It's, it's, it's what, you know what you're trying to get accomplished. And and so he showed up and and what I did is the next day I posted a picture of him and I told, you know, all my followers, Hey, listen, Alex is getting in real estate. We got to get him some gear, some, (laughs) some clothes. You guys want to drop a dollar in the bucket. Let me know. It's not a charity. It's just, let's hook Alex up. And now we we made about 1500 bucks. He earned gross about 1500 bucks. Wow. So shout out to, the folks over at Nordstrom's in Roseville, a gal named Maya Moreno. She's a stylist over there, a good friend of mine, known her for some years. Maya is going to, um, in connection with our manager, see if they can discount us and see how far we can make this $1,500 go. And so and some of that content would be on Instagram. Just for wow, encouragement, right? That's awesome. We'll get that done. And so, you know, shout out to all the people. Some that know me, some that don't know me, they were sending $25 cash apps, $50 cash apps, $100. And so, you know, that goes back to community. And, and every story doesn't end like that, right? Yeah. Every story doesn't end like that. But as you, you know, we spoke many times. I, I, I don't, um, I'm not a man of excuses. And, and I, I don't uh, too frequently get into the things in the past, but I will because I'm, I'm not ashamed of it in the least bit. Um, it is those experiences that got me to where I am now. But, you know, I don't mind putting my neck to the hoop or sacrificing anything about me if it's going to add encouragement or perspective for anybody. And so, you know, the four years I spent in prison was very difficult. Yeah. Right. And we, now we have this thing called social media, Facebook. Right. And you see um, people you spent time with in prison. Uh, and you see the traumas and the effects of what happens in prisons and how families fall apart. Yeah. No excuses, but nobody cares either. Um, but I, you know, I'm just so thankful 
um, looking left and looking right at some of, I know many people that went back to prison. Yeah. I mean, many, many people that are never getting out of prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of it goes back to uh, the community, how they were raised. Yeah. Substance abuse, mental health. Yes. Misdirection. You have gangs that have traumatized. I mean, every, you name the city, Chicago, New York, California. You, you have those things that are culture. And those are raising our kids sometimes. So, you know, yeah. in one side, we say kids aren't coming outside anymore. They're still getting this bad information from somewhere. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, some of the things that I saw while I was formerly incarcerated, um, they were very inappropriate, you know, and, and, and they were very unfortunate. And I see it starts. Um, I see kids that are 10 and 12 that, in my humble opinion, oh, they're headed to prison. Mm. Headed to prison, and it's it's like um, it's like a tree, right, or a plant. If when you first plant a tree, if you give it the appropriate water and the foundation, maybe some small sticks, so you can groom it to grow upwards, you'll be fine. But if you ever seen an overgrown tree, it leans to the left. Right. And it's very, very difficult. Even when you put those sticks on it to try to straighten it out, it takes time to straighten it out. Right. Yeah. And with young men, um, I, I focus with kids, minorities uh, from low income communities. Right. That's where I focus my time. Right. What's near and dear to me. The older they get. That straightening almost comes impossible. Yeah. Some trees, you can go get a herb. Uh, uh, arborist, 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 arborist. You go to arborist, arborist. I'll tell you, look, there's nothing we can do, right? right. Arborist, and and um, it was just sad. I um, I when I when I got to prison, I, I arrived on the bus with six young men. There were some older people too, but six young. Men, we were all twenty to twenty three max. Mm. With different times, I had a seven year sentence. This young man. And five year, five year, and then ten and twelve. I remember like it was yesterday. We yeah. were, we were, right on the chain gang is what they call yeah. it. Leaving out of Sacramento, straight to Folsom. Yeah. And um, you quickly realize that everybody doesn't. Everybody's scared. Yeah. Everybody's scared, and it's getting really. You start to meet people. Hey, how you doing? How much time do you have? Oh, two life sentences, huh? What? Right, right. And they say it like a roll. You know, just rolls off their tongue. But but one of the things that I found unfortunate was that um, some of the guys, one of the guys that was on that bus, he never made it home. Mm. Uh, another gentleman, uh, and he, I won't say his name. He, I, I know him well though. I, we became friends. He came for years. Remember, I came with seven. After our event, uh, somebody posted it on Facebook, and he he called me from Facebook. He said, "Yeah, man, I just got out a month ago. I, I've been out since 2014." been released since 2014 so i'm not the best of math but i'm like listen that the five years i don't know like it's not adding up i said you you went back she said no no i just i just caught time and i remember he when he got there he was trying to get accepted so he joined a gang and he did some things based off this gang that um they were his mentors right i didn't join the gang yeah and i was considered a loser i'm okay with that (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But this guy did well over 12 years. Wow. Five years since. Yeah. It goes back to mentorship because I knew who his mentor was when I got to that prison yard. Right. right. Like, I'm over here. I'm like, you sure? Okay. <laughs> right. So wow. we're all, we, we, I don't think there's this term of lack of mentors. We all have mentors. Mm-hmm. We do. We all have mentors. But, but, but see, that's, that's the trick, tricky part we don't look at is who's mentoring you. Right, right. Whether it be individual, whether it be a culture, whether it be YouTube, whether it be music videos, whether it be your siblings, somebody, we're all getting mentored because you don't come in this world with all this information. You're getting right. it from some source. Yes. Right. And so I digress and I go back to the tree and trying to fix the tree. And, and I don't know. All, all I'm doing is I'm saying that, hey, um, as, as long as I'm in the space of real estate, I'm always uh, going to keep growing. Um, I, I have some pretty aggressive goals for myself. 
Um, but I, I, I love real estate, but I don't care about real estate more than mentorship. Yeah. No, that's fabulous. Real estate just give affording me the time and maybe right. finances to do the things in spaces of mentorship that I always want to do anyways and that, that I think are important. Yes. Well, that's what life is about, right? I mean, yeah. real estate is just allowing you a means to get there. Uh-huh. So it's a vehicle. Yes. Absolutely. It's a vehicle. It's a vehicle. Absolutely. So, you know, and I'll add, I guess I'll add as well is, is um for, for all of those watching and that will watch this, this is definitely a phenomenal podcast. I mean, you know a lot of stuff. <laughs> you know a lot of stuff. But right. uh, you can if, if anybody checks out my Instagram, I'm always teaching about real estate too, though. I'm always teaching um things like cap rate. I'm think I'm teaching things like valuating property. I'm I'm sharing off-market deals that I have access to. So I, I, I'm a full-time real estate agent. I probably put 60 hours a weekend in real estate, right? I do. So if you want to learn something about real estate, you don't have to pay me. I'm a mentor. Follow me on Instagram. <laughs> awesome. I love it. I love it. Well, and why don't you give me your, you, your Instagram? Are you Jacob Dav- Davenport or what did you say? It was? My name is Jacob Davenport or um, real underscore estate underscore Jake. Uh, 100 okay. and that's on instagram um real estate jake 100 on on instagram and why why the 100 you may ask because 100 <laughs> percent of the time i'm gonna tell you the truth about a real estate deal you shouldn't buy i want to tell you okay right uh, i'm definitely not just pushing property i'm i um i love real estate um but again i i, I, love, I love our people too our people is anybody that's trying to buy real estate anybody that's trying to grab yourself by the boots and say listen um should if Jake can do it, I know I can do it, right? <laughs> and now it's a like, if I can do it for sure, you can do it, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, I have enjoyed the conversation, and you know, it totally went in a different direction than I was thinking, but okay. it was a great conversation. Okay. So, okay. um, okay. so that's okay. what we're about. Everybody has a story to tell, and you know, mm-hmm. the jolly that's all we're about storytelling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I hope I didn't take us too far left. No, no, never left. Okay. We're always okay. on the path. Okay, okay, so okay. it was meant for you to talk about this and mm-hmm. educate others and inspire them to to follow um, because it's possible. It's possible. Uh, so, possible. So thank you so much possible. for being here. Thank you for having me. You know, I, I hope I can get invited on again next time. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, whatever the agenda is, I'll, I'll, I'll follow it too. <laughs> no you need, promise. it's all good, it's okay, all good. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> well, have you back on. Let's all talk right. again. I'm gonna right. have you back on. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining me on the Jolly Podcast. Please subscribe so you won't miss an episode. See you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.